Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney, where we're talking through the doo-doos and don't-doos of learner-centered, proficiency-based education. My name's Matthew Shea. With me today, as always, it's me, Courtney Belolin. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. Long time no see. Seriously. We were in Texas last time we talked. We were in Texas. Well, and we had that quick little check-in last week um, because people have been, dare I say, harassing us to get our next episode out. And we were just like, hey, promise it's coming. I know. So here we are. Here we are. We're with a nice one before holiday break. So you have a nice listen to while you're chomping on turkey and listening to watching football games. Or avoiding your family. Yeah, that's where you want to go and listen to us, (laughs) definitely. So we can rant some more. Yeah, no worries. We got you covered. No worries. So today we're going to talk about the parking lot, first of all. Yeah, let's talk about the parking lot. Okay, let's talk. Listeners, I'm going to give you some tough love here, listeners. Oh, boy. I've been all about the tough love this week. Um, We need some posts and questions from you on our parking lot to um, more or less keep the show running. Yeah, I mean, we have, (laughs) more or less, we have plenty of ideas of things we could talk about. Um, We really want to hear from you. So here's the deal. You go to our website, which is plearnmc.weebly.com, and then you click on the parking lot link, and you leave us a question or feedback or wondering. You can also get to us um, through our Facebook page. But So there's a couple things that are there that we'll speak to. So one, life skills. Will my students spend less time developing paper and pencil skills? That's the question, That's right? the question. Yeah, that's the um, question. Who cares? But no. Well, what are paper and pencil skills? That's that's what I don't quite understand. So if I'm interpreting that as, are my kids going to be actually writing things on paper to help them out with their future life? Um, of course. <laughs> that if, will still happen. I don't yeah. know if they're talking about paper and pencil testing skills because... Again, who cares? But yeah, kids have to write. And they're just because they're not going to be on the right. computers the whole time, they still learn to write. They still learn to do things. They still learn how, they, to, how to write things. Are they wondering about like, like, like I think about like math worksheets and stuff, like just like that rote skills practice? Here's the question, I guess. We don't know what the question is. We don't is. know what the question is. So if you wrote this, please help us out. Yeah. Because we could just ramble down all of these paths and we don't really know what they are. So that's a question for using the parking lot. Make yeah. it clearer, uh, like our next one. Like our next one. So this one has been up here since the beginning of <laughs> Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. It says, standards-based grading, WTF? We love this one. This, one, this question, it has made me smile, actually, every time I've looked at the parking lot. So it saddens me that it's going away, but it makes me happy because grading is the topic of our podcast. The whole podcast. The the whole podcast. Yes, it is. So that's good because we think it is worth a lot, even though we cannot really get all of the information out to you today. No. So we'll just have our little podcast. We'll we'll come back to this. We'll circle back to this, Courtney. We'll circle back and dive down. Eventually, and then somebody else will piggyback (laughs) off it. So, 
Uh, so we'll talk to you about some standard space grading stuff today. Yeah, let's do it. So let's start with some really basic level stuff. All right, all right. Hit awesome with it, Matt. Okay. Academic versus behavior, likability, and extra credit. What does all this have to do with grading? So if you're grading in a zero to 100 land, every one of us as teachers has done this at some point. Courtney, you're such a good kid. You tried hard this time. I I'm, did. I'm gonna give you five points this quarter on your final grade because you've been so good. So that's your incentive. This, this is my inside my head voice. This is your incentive to get working next quarter or I'm gonna punish you like crazy and maybe even take points away from you if you don't work hard. That's all my inside the teacher. You've got that head. evil switch going on inside I your do. head like that? I do, because what does that have to do? How that's you think that's incentivizing and all that does you're enabling the, the learner to do nothing. Actually at this point you'd be enabling the student to do nothing because we're not even thinking of you as a learner at this particular point. Yeah. Something like I hear sometimes when I'm talking with teachers, they especially when we're doing um like calibration right when you're scoring stuff is kind of like well for this kid ah that's when you know you're in trouble right yeah that's like that's the red flag that something like that is yes. going on inside their head that they are they are mixing up or not they and it might be an i always assume good intentions i don't think that they're yeah. doing it on purpose or they know that it's bad or that there's a better way to do it right maybe a and few it, few people sure but i think that's yeah. it right there they yeah. don't necessarily know there's a better way, to, a better do way to do it yeah so that's the way it's always been done that's how we grew up so you're not really hurting anything but you're not really helping anything i would say also i, I don't think you're actually negatively affecting the student there maybe but i, I don't yeah, I, I don't think so like you are you might be i i i don't really know where to go with this one but it's definitely not right helping in so any here's way. why i think it's hurting go um because in proficiency-based education we talk about um measuring students or learners or performance of any kind against like um a standard expectation right a, a standard explanation of expected performance or ability um so the minute that you add in any of that other stuff like this was really good for you matt like, if it was anyone else's work, it would be crap. But because it's you, right. you deserve the three. Like, you're not being honest with the learner about their abilities and their knowledge. And then you're not, you can't actually successfully support that learner in growing. And you think that's actively hurting I do student? think, yes, I think it hurts. I think it, in the long term, hurts the learner. I do. I guess I could go with that. Yeah. Still not sure, but I would. Okay, you're I definitely not right. helping. Right. I know that one. I'm not sure if it's kind of just neutral, but I see where you're going with that. Yeah. I'll yeah. Well, it, like, agree no, with so you on this one. Agree with me on this one. Yes. It could easily it easily snowballs into the magic three, which hurts. All right. So let's talk about some of the more basic level stuff before we get to magic threes. Yeah. yeah if yeah. we get to magic, we threes. might not get to magic threes. I hope, maybe but, not. Yeah. So separating academics versus behavior. Yes. So this is like the easiest entry point for really anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago about um, measuring the student's ability towards a particular learning goal or a target or a standard or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. As soon as you put anything about, um, you know, putting an apple on the desk 
or participation, participation, <laughs> uh, did all your homework, yeah. which I'm not even sure what that necessarily means. Yeah. Once you take some of those out and strictly have academic goals in line that you grade to, yeah. that's your, that's, anybody can do that. Anybody can do that starting tomorrow. Yes. And telling your students that's what you're going to do, that it's strictly about the goals, the behavior is something else. And we're going to work on that too, but that's something else. Go yeah. back to previous podcasts, perhaps. Yeah. But separating academics and behavior is really the, the entry point, I think. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. And I think something that happens that I guess it's my caution to people. I have a few things to say about this, of course. But um, oh, number did, one. Didn't see that coming, Didn't see that coming. <laughs> so I'm not on a podcast or anything. <laughs> anyway um, it's really easy to get caught up in the work of defining the academic piece and forgetting about the behavior piece Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's really important that if you're going to separate them out that you are reporting on them both in some way Hmm. I do otherwise people get frustrated and then they start to sneak back in behavior stuff into the academic grade where they they start to want to put it back in because it's valuable to report on the behavior stuff. It's important information. You might have, like, we kind of laugh about this case, right? Like the jerk that gets all the, everything right the first time. Like mm-hmm. the kid knows their stuff, but the kid's a jerk. You know, it's important to, <laughs> right? Like they're not nice to their peers. Well, they're rude in class. <laughs> like it, that's an important piece of the picture. Like, And so just reporting on the academics, you're clearly missing something there. And likewise, um, you might have a student who's really polite, you know, works very hard, is very dedicated, is like, you know, all around great kid, struggles academically for whatever reason. So I think it's important that you do both. And if I'm a teacher listening to this, I, two of those kids, one of each one of those. I know them. Popped right into everybody's head right now. <laughs> and you know you yeah. can do better yeah. for that particular student slash learner. That was a great point. Yeah. All right. The next one uh, is about extra credit. Extra credit has always been like the most awesome thing in the world to me. I I, did nothing. Because I don't understand it. Or I don't understand it. I don't don't get extra credit. So extra credit, I've seen it as, you know, bonus problems. Yep. Um, Doing more work, whatever that means. You, oh, it was a three-page paper, Courtney, but you wrote five, so you're going to get some extra points for those because you wrote more, even though that really doesn't mean anything in the world. So, yeah, it's like, thank you. It's like copy-paste, right? <laughs> I can, I can ex- you know, you want to, uh, uh, just, I want to go with this five points extra credit if I do some extra paper, so I'm going to, like, double and a half space with a slightly <laughs> bigger font <laughs> and make the periods a space away and two spaces away. We've all done these tricks. Yeah. I may or may not yeah. have done these when I was in college, perhaps. But it's all of that stuff, which doesn't mean anything. So extra credit just means you did something that the teacher wanted, which might relate to the learning goal or the target, and it might not have. So extra credit's kind of all over the place. So it's all stupid. It is all stupid. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so how do we avoid the extra credit issue? Because we've already talked about separating academics behavior, the whole the kids jerk type thing, the extra credit thing, but doesn't that lead us into like scoring scales? 
It, it does. Well, I think there's another piece here too. There's the extra credit is also like from the learner perspective, right? It's, I kind of slacked off all quarter or semester and oh, I approached yeah. my teacher the lot, can I do some extra credit to bring my grade up? So I think like number one, a place to start is no. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel? Yeah. No, you can't have extra credit to bring your grade up. There's no point in asking. Right. You'll get no reply. You'll get no reply. <laughs> Just stare. Nicely done. Just nicely done. Stare at your students, the learners, when they do that. Don't give them a reply. No, like seriously, yeah. Stop. Just stop giving extra credit. If if the purpose yeah. of what you're looking for is to offer students and learners who are ready for it a chance to do more complex or complicated work because they have already mastered what you expected them to master, that's a totally different story and we don't call it extra credit anymore. Right, uh, right, anymore. But I think that's what extra credit used to be, but it devolved into that other crap that we just talked about. Yes, I agree. So I think- Where did that idea even come from in the first place? Who came up with extra credit? If you came up with extra credit and you're listening, we don't like you. So get in touch with us because we want we'll you talk, on the podcast. Let's talk about we'll, it. we'll put it on there. All right. So that, this is good. So let's go to our next part here. And I kind of mentioned it already. Talk about scoring skills scoring versus skills rubrics. Scoring skills versus rubrics. Okay. They are very two very different things. Oh. Uh, this is one of Courtney's pet peeves. So just be prepared, listeners. I think she's going to rant for a little bit. I might rant. I'm going to try to But it's going to be awesome. Well, so they're my pet peeves and they are my... Uh, let me say this. Rubrics are my pet peeves. Scoring scales are my whatever an opposite of pet peeve is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, we'll edit that in All right, later. we'll edit that in later. <laughs> so when... And, and we've all been... Okay, so a rubric. Like the point... The original point of the rubric was supposed to make it easier for teachers to lay out expectations on performance or learning on something and for students to have a tool to support um, self-reflection and you know self-monitoring it, it was a transparency tool here's what happened with them we all would define the three and sometimes we didn't define it very well mm -hmm. then we would work backwards and the level two would always be like, kind of, sort of, three. And the level one would always be like, not. Like, or is missing. Or it was always like this partial type thing. Mm -hmm. And then the level four was always like, better than a three. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of us didn't really know what that meant. So it would always be like, you know, so I think of like writing ones for vocabulary, like vocabulary usage. It would be like adequate vocabulary usage would be a three. What does that mean? And then a four would be like sophisticated vocabulary usage. What does that mean? And then like a two would be like, you know, sometimes confusing vocabulary usage. <laughs> and like, then what's a one? Like, so you're, you're stuck here trying to describe these things. And first of all, why do you want to describe a one or a two? Like, like think about that aspect of it. Like why are we handing an explanation of what less than acceptable work looks like to students? 
Yes. Right. Yes, I'm with you. Like, I don't. I don't understand at all. Anyway, so and then rubrics got all messy because people would include stuff like visual or like quality along with things that actually maybe kind of sort of had to do with targets and standards. There we go. Right. I, I, yeah, and it would just it would just become a big old mess. It was like right. let's let's put as much stuff in here as we possibly can. And then it becomes so unclear what it's actually tied to and what actual performance is supposed to be that it's a totally useless tool. So now it's devolved into completely something else, much like the extra credit that we just we talked yeah. about, yeah. the extra points, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's devolved into something. So what do you like in place of the rubrics? And then and then I have another question for you after. Okay. Well, so I like um, I like this idea of a scoring scale better. Okay. Because. And I think, I think once you get to the point of appreciating scoring scales much more than rubrics, it's because you've come to this point in understanding proficiency-based learning where you realize that there really is no such thing as partially meeting. Okay. Like, mic drop moment. <laughs> There's no such thing as partially meeting. So once you get there, then it totally makes sense to you why a rubric doesn't make sense. Because in a rubric, you're explaining what this kind of sort of meeting the standard looks like. And there's no such thing as kind of sort of meeting the standard. Okay. Um, so when you come to this point where you're like, there really isn't such thing as partially meeting, what you realize is that there is the target or the competency or the standard, whatever your district calls it, I call it a target, so I'm just gonna keep saying target mm -hmm. instead of you know all these caveats all the time. Okay. So, you, in a scoring scale, you have what the target is. Then it has all these other pieces to it, where underneath the target, and if you guys could see my hand visuals right now, my hand <laughs> visuals totally made this explanation worth it. But you can't see them because it's a podcast. So underneath the target, you lay out what, it, what we call the foundational skills or pieces. So a target is a complex piece of knowledge or skill complex understanding or skill. The foundational pieces to that target are the individual skills or understandings that are needed to be synthesized into the larger target. On their own, they do not comprise or equal meeting the target. So here's my example, okay, okay that I use to, to help people through this one. So if your target is I am skilled at tying my shoes, right, you can see there's a lot that goes into that. So a piece of foundational knowledge to that might be knowing how to get my foot in my shoe. Anyone who has kids realizes that's a really important step. Like you might be laughing, but like they, they mess it up all yeah, the time. Absolutely. I know how to get my foot into my shoe. Then it might be, I know how to lace up my shoe. Probably in their summer was like, I know the difference between my left foot and my right foot because that's actually important for your shoes. So I, if I know the difference between my left foot and my right foot, that doesn't mean I can get my shoes on and tie them. If I can put my foot in my shoe correctly, that doesn't mean I can actually get my shoes on and tie them. But, but I've, if but I can I've lace up, met that, haven't I? no, you haven't. You've like only I put my shoe on. I'm almost there. Nope. I'm progressing. You're not. Damn it. Stop. You are working at the foundational pieces. You're still working on the foundational pieces. Okay, so that's, so for your target, you've got the target statement itself, and you've got the foundational pieces. Um, and then for the scoring scale to be complete, you would have some other things in it. You would define the level of rigor. 
Okay. You define the level of rigor for the target. So how do you do that? Um, well, in my district, we use um, the Marzano taxonomy to do that. Um, and it's sectioned out into four um, categories of reasoning levels. There's okay. execution, comprehension, I'm sorry, retrieval, retrieval, comprehension, analysis, and knowledge utilization. Do I have to use the Marzano one if I'm like No, you can use whatever your district if, wants. So if I use like Blooms or the Webs one, it doesn't really matter, It doesn't right? really matter. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at all. Just pick one and stick with it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That matters. Yeah, that consistent. matters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Consistency is nice. Yeah, that, that okay. matters. Pick one and stick with it and really okay. work to understand what all those different reasoning processes and levels are. Um, because if all you're doing is relying on the sentence stems, you're missing a lot and probably making some mistakes as far as what you're expecting or think you're expecting. Okay, so you just said there's sentence stems attached to those, right? Yeah. So I'm a little confused on the difference between that and a rubric. Because if, I'm, if, I'm, if I have a rubric, I know exactly what the kid has to do. I have three pages. I have, it has to be neat. It has to have uh, black ink. And it's going to be double spaced, or they could maybe make a poster, but it needs to be neat in good writing. Uh, there might be a learning goal there, and that way I can grade exactly what needs to be because I give 10 points for this, 10 points for this, and it all adds up to 100. And if they get like a 90 something, then they have a three. If if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do all that. No, you just went so many places that I'm just going to brush you off altogether and just say that's all wacky. Um, so another piece of one of these places you come to an understanding proficiency based. Um, learning is that it's the learning that matters, not all that other stuff. What? Yeah. So if a kid makes a poster about the solar system, let's say, um, and their target was just about knowing the order of the planets, pretty simple target, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and if the kid's planets look like messy globs of drool, but they're in the right order, kid wins. Like Kid wins because <laughs> it's not about... Um, it's not about the visual, it's not about the neatness, it's not about that, it's about the actual learning. So what defining a target with a level of rigor does is it sets an expectation but opens it up so that learners have multiple ways within that definition, that expectation to show what they can do. So for okay. example, if we went with that solar system one again. So let, let, me, let me try yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you do it. All right, let me try this one. You okay, this is good. This is a beginner level here. So if I'm a kid who likes to talk. Yeah. So, and I just put them in order for you. Yeah. When? Okay. I don't like to talk. I'm going to write them down in order for you. When? I don't like either one of those things, but I like making models. So maybe not with messy globs of drool, but I'm going <laughs> to make some clay because my mom's an artist. I'm really good at making the artist. So I'm going to make a little model of the solar system, put them all in order, and maybe even make the shapes all good. Ooh, I got another question for you there. But would that be good if I just put them all in order with it, with my with yes. my clay yeah, and told you which ones they were? Yes. What if I made the planet's actual scaled size, so Jupiter's way bigger than Mercury? That's when I get a four, right? Yeah, actually, it, it could be. Um, I'd have some other questions to ask, but that is absolutely a potential route for a four, 
which I didn't talk about yet on the mm. scoring scale. So thank you for bringing that up. Okay. So you know how we said there's no such thing as extra credit anymore? Right. Really what we want it to be about is when a learner is ready to go deeper with their understanding in some way or, or deal with something more complex. So um, I haven't, aside, I have an annotated target poster that um, I'm going to take a picture of and we're going to put it up in the, the show, notes we'll on our show notes on our website so that you can see everything that I'm talking about here. So the level four, um, I guess traditionally has been called exceeding the target, mm -hmm. right? That's an exceeding, it's kind of an alternative for um, extra credit. Right. Uh, this is something learners move on to when they have demonstrated that they are successful with the proficiency criteria for a level three. And it's important that it could happen at any time. It doesn't have to be the end of a unit. If a learner proves early on that they already know the order of the the solar system because like you know they were obsessed with the solar system and how and they just know it great sure they could move on to the level four stuff which would be something more complex or complicated now if i were using i'm using the tax a taxonomy of some kind i would look for the more complicated um reasoning level so let's say that the solar system one we were just talking about is that comprehension and it was um, it was integrating I'm gonna push you up to something that's probably analysis or um, I might ask you to do something a little bit more complicated which is kind of like what you were talking about Matt, okay. about so what you were doing like you were sizes, taking right? and yeah you were talking about like proportional relationships so you mm -hmm. were combining like a math target with it to make it more complex and scale and more precise and accurate, which is not in this target right. at all. So going to that level would actually, could definitely be an exceeding task. Because right, I've, yeah. what I've done is I, I've got the, the targets, the target was put all those planets in order, right? So right. I definitely did that. So yeah. you said that was meat. Yeah. So I wanted to do something where I actually like put them into like size wise they'd be all the same. Right. Or they'd be appropriate. Right, so yeah, like have, typically you know, Jupiter like Jupiter's bigger, big. Saturn yeah. Rings and that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you <laughs> so, so what you're saying Saturn that is rings. that yeah. isn't just more right, it's actually a different level. Yes. Because I've gone further in the taxonomy. I've, yeah. I've like jumped a level. Yeah, you've made it more complex. I've made it more complex, but I've demonstrated that. Right. So it's not it's not even like extra credit. I've actually gone further with my knowledge and our skill. Right. That doesn't seem hard. No, it's not hard. Um, I think another piece of it too there is that you kind of decided to do that on your own, right? Like True. you were like, hey, what if I did this? Um, and that's one way that exceeding can come about, um, like mm -hmm. organically from the learner, right? especially when they know they already know the three, um, that they can kind of push towards a four on their own and then talk with their teacher to make sure that what they want to do makes sense. Um, it's also something that the teacher might pose, but the key here is that a lot of this is the learner being doing it independently and managing their own learning around it. So one of the differences I think that you're just saying is if I'm looking at a rubric that defines what I have to do, and I just follow the directions to get all the points, mm -hmm. I may not even think of making this type of model with the clay where all the planets are the right sizes. Right. Because I'm just following directions in order to get all the points. Yeah. Not even trying to think that, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I did blah. Right, yeah. 
So that might be a difference between the scoring scale and a rubric also. Yep, I think that's scoring definitely. Scale, yeah, I said, think it opens I, a lot more for the kids to yeah. bring their own interests. Yes. Passions, whatever it may be. To it. Absolutely. Towards that particular target. Yeah. Even teachers themselves. Like if you're just looking at something and it just says, you know, it gives you a, a, a declarative knowledge statement and then it says something next to it like comparing there's a lot of different places you can go and then it's up to you to have those kinds of conversations with your colleagues um, and make sure you all agree and that you're using something to judge what you think is analysis or knowledge utilization against if it is or not you know like you, you need to check that but um, yeah I, I feel like scoring scales lend much more freedom and flexibility and personalization to learning on the the role of the learner and the teacher. I think you've convinced me, Courtney. Oh, good, Matt. Okay. Glad I convinced you. <laughs> that was an awesome ending there. Yeah. So we are going to have a guest uh, for the rest of our conversation. His name is, well, he can say it. He's yeah, right he here. He's been laughing in the background. He so has. if it's somebody sounds like not us, that's been him. <laughs> It's a repeat guest. I, I have I have been here the whole time, lurking in the background. Yes, listening, writing notes. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Drewett Card. I'm the director of curriculum instruction assessment for AOS 94. If you don't know where AOS 94 is, it's not surprising, but uh, <laughs> it is uh, centered out of Dexter, Maine, which is in the geographic center, center. of Maine. Yeah. You know, put a pin in the center of Maine, and you'll find where we are. So Matt was a guest back on episode three. Yeah, he was an early guest. Way back when, when we talked about engagement versus compliance. Engagement first. So uh, am I the first repeat guest? You, you are, are the first repeat guest. You are our guest. first repeat guest. I, I'm, the, I'm, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be such a long time downloader of the <laughs> podcast. Speaking of long wait, time. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just going to go past I've, I've been I've been downloading for years. Um, you know, back back into the 1900s, since when, when you all started this, this was uh, actually the longest episode. Was the one with Matt on it, as you listeners may have gathered from and the as, last 30 and as seconds. Who know me will understand that's completely <laughs> accurate. Yeah. All right, so we want to talk a little bit more about uh, scoring scales and and language versus numbers, really. Sure. So Courtney's talked a lot about about ones, twos, threes, and fours, and, and what she's thinking about uh, each one of these. So. I want to talk a little bit about about what I think is the good one, two, three, fours in a really shorter version, just kind of laying it out there. Well, we know that we there are a lot of language type there are. scales out there. Yeah, there are um, a lot of different ways to go about this. We're putting a lot of stuff into the show notes too about books that we've researched and, and books that we like uh, that talk a lot about scoring scales and different ways to approach it. Um, so we've got a lot of, lot of uh, links. We may talk about a couple of them here and there. I think that's a really important thing to remember too is that there's there is a lot of stuff out there yeah. and yeah. we have to filter it and what's really important is knowing your community yeah. and knowing as you're going to make these changes what is going to work for your community yeah. um, because you can't, one of the things about doing personalized proficiency based learning, there's no cookie cutter approach to it and yeah, there absolutely. are frameworks that we can work within yeah. but you really have to customize it for your individualized setting whether it's in a classroom or at a school or in a district as we've talked about before there are a lot of core things that we all have to hang on to right but how how you actually implement them for your classroom your school your district can be different 
but there are those things that, that we we've talked about it through uh, as Matt says years of podcasts now <laughs> sort of so maybe it just Ish. feels like it sort of sometimes <laughs> that those are all the core things those are the, the big whys but mm. how you actually do it can be up to you depending on on where you are and what what your needs are so some of the things for a score for a for a scoring scale that that we really like uh, Courtney's alluded to most of it um, the difference between an actual one two three and four isn't about partially meeting anything so we define a two uh, as you, you're proficient at a two, but in only the foundational knowledge. And I think that's a big key and a big switch from being partially meeting or progressing towards a standard. Uh, a two is also positive because in that particular case, if you've mastered or been proficient at or whatever you want to call it, at all that foundational knowledge, for a lot of kids that is really, really difficult. Therefore, it should be celebrated not saying, great job, Matt, you're almost there. It's like, no, you've defined it at this point. Well, right. I mean, it comes back to what is the purpose for why we're grading? What is the purpose for why we're doing any of this kind of recording of what they're learning? And if we're saying that a two isn't there yet, oh, shame on you, you're not there yet, you're not perfect, how does that actually help and really teach our students that learning is a continuum and that it's a good thing to be in a two? Which is when you said earlier, Courtney, uh, that there is no partially meets. That was one of those was mic drop moments. Yeah. I stood and like cheered in the background. Um, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that how do you define partially meets? Which if we're saying that a two is a bad thing, whether it's intentional or unintentional, depending on how our systems are designed, um, what are we actually communicating to our students about what learning actually means? Just well, like that's, that's why that, I don't right? like partially meeting because it, right. it it gives the sense that you're done. And like, and to challenge a little bit too, like you partially got it. Like I I, I love yeah. the whole idea of scales, and in our district um, up in AOS ninety four, we are doing all kinds of work on um, developing scales based around expectations, goals, targets, and standards. Whatever, however you want to uh, break those down, um, and we're looking at the same thing that you were just saying, Matt, about the. Uh, three level being the at proficient, the two being a foundational level. Mm-hmm. We're using the language like you can do it independent, you can do the foundational level, um, the content that's required at a foundational level complexity autonomously. Because we're defining proficiency yeah. as three main criteria, content, complexity, and autonomy. That if you are proficient, you can independently apply the expectations that we we are apply the expectations. That's really what you can do right. at the level of complexity that is required by the standard or the, mm-hmm. the learning targets. The two is that you can still do it independently, but not at the level yet of complexity yet. You're still at the foundational level. Right. Yeah. And then the one is with help. With help. Um, with support. And so we're using that same kind of work. But one of the things that we are struggling with and getting back to your issue of language and numbers and whatnot is how do we define it? Because one of the things that I think as you're developing these proficiency-based systems, we have to recognize our preconceived biases and the history that comes with it. Um, so when we see the number two, mm-hmm. and if we, what, what does that bring with us? What, what ha- how have we always seen the number two? 
And if we've always seen the number two as partially meets, that's no matter if we say it's developing or if we say it's foundational, we're still going to have this thing in the back of our heads that's, oh, it's not quite good enough yet, which, which, we're, which is a cultural thing that we have to change. So we're battling, or not battling, but we're struggling internally with how do we really communicate that and communicate it in ways that's not just numeric, mm-hmm. um, that gets away from just assigning a number to right. it. Because a number, a four, three, two, one, just like an A, B, C, D, or a B minus, brings with it a whole boatload of history. And if we want to change our thinking and our parents' thinking, our community's thinking, how we grade, we really have to pay attention to that level of language of how we're communicating in the reporting. So are you thinking of not having numbers at all? I've, I have floated that out there and yeah. it's, it's we, we have to, we're still figuring out scales and we're still figuring out how to use those. Got it, yeah. So um, really and so it. we're not there yet. Yeah. But it's one of those issues that I know we're going to encounter because we are encountering it. Because we have in our system set up right now where they're doing a whole lot of quantifying with threes and twos. And then all of a sudden you tie in things like eligibility to threes and twos and whatnot. And all of a sudden you're now saying things like a student is ineligible because they're learning. Yeah, that's not. Which is completely not the That's not the way we want to do things. But we also have recognized that we had to get to that point to see actually meaningfully that this is what the impact that this is now having and how are our grading practices really aligned to the purpose of why we're grading right you know what and we have to always come back to that why are we even reporting why are we grading yeah what is the what's the point of it those are another podcast but that, but that gets. No, he's but that, right. Like you have to go there. But you have to, you have to get there. into that. Yeah. So and you can, you can't. And part of the thing that I think a lot of districts and a lot of teachers and administrators struggle with is they get to well, how do you do standards based grading? Just give me, your, give, give me your report card. Right. Give me your report card, and I'll give a four, three, two, one. I can do exceeds, meets, partially meets, does not meet. Right. I can do that no problem. But we're just putting a bandaid on amputation at that point. We're not actually solving any actual problems. We're just kind of doing base triage. Right. We have to really get to the root of the issues, and that's not doing it. Right, so and part of it is the language. So let me go back to what you said before, and I'll try to make this a shorter question, but I, I know it's not going to be. It's a, I'm still thinking about it. You said before that the, the two in particular mm-hmm. brings a lot of baggage with it, basically. Right, because of what we know previously about like partially meeting or progressing or any of those things that we just talked about that we realize are not appropriate sure. or not meaningful. So what if it's not, what if, we, what if we re-educate our students? Because I don't think our students really know what a two and a three necessarily are if they've come from a, from a different type system. That a two does mean that positive about, about being proficient in foundational knowledge, not complex knowledge, and really reinforce with the culture that that a two is an okay thing, a two is actually a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think our learners will be the one that educate our parents, and then our parents would be more okay with it if they hear that language also from our learners. So they 
rather than us like saying at a school meeting that this is the grading system and this is what a one, two, three, four means and you get all those questions and they don't really get it. But if they hear it from their kids, I think they'd be further along the way of understanding that a two is not a bad thing. A two means you're you're mastered something, but you're still learning towards the three. Yeah. If a student could say to a parent, you know what, here's where I am. I am, um, my goal is to compare and contrast text, main idea across text. That's my goal. And right now, I'm, I, I can describe a main idea, but I'm not at an ability to really compare and contrast yet. If a student could say that kind of a thing to a parent, I don't think we would need to have this podcast. I agree. You know? <laughs> we always need this yeah. podcast, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. but no, I totally, but, I totally but, agree. But, but isn't that, that's so our goal eventually. That right? is our is goal. Is to have that language. Is to be, but, and, and part of that is getting back to how are we defining our scales mm -hmm. and to what extent are we identifying these preconceived biases. I mean, I, I, I talk with, with teachers and parents and they say, yeah, but the state is gonna define us in a report card that's gonna tell us that it's par we're partially meeting. Or the MEA is gonna say that right. partially meeting. Right. Or these other things that we can't control are gonna bring these this four-point scale into the layer. So we have to address that elephant in the room, which is a four-point scale. Those numbers, one, two, three, four, are gonna bring preconceived ideologies with them mm -hmm. and let's address them and let's just continue with ourselves say do do we like the language partially meets does that say or um i don't know if you saw it last year i believe it was um thomas gusky out of the university of kentucky and if you don't know who thomas gusky is please learn who thomas gusky mm -hmm. is um he wrote a great article about how the language the word exceeds actually is you cannot exceed a yes. standard yes yeah. and um that is something too that we're looking at the language of right. how we define mm -hmm. what the levels are it seems like oh well, we'll get to that later which okay as long as we have the point of it but the language if we're if our point is to communicate what students have learned we have to make sure that we are communicating it in ways that are also not gonna subvert or undermine our message too. Yeah. And some of that language could be in the very numbers that we're actually communicating out. Sure. Yes, but I don't necessarily wanna shy away from the right way to communicate things or the, the I like the one, two, three, four with the, with the foundational knowledge and the complex knowledge. And I wanna make sure that that stays and not kind of muck it up and not really muck it up. I guess what I'm thinking is if we kind of delay some of that talk till later, it may deflect some of the some of the accurate scoring and accurate language that we want will get muddled with something else that we do in the meantime. So do you and, like do you like the numbers or do you like the that. framework? I like the framework, but I cannot find language that actually in one word says what a two means. I can say it in like Five words. Which is then we get into why does it have, why can we not just communicate five words? It can be. Why can we not, and, that, and that, this is getting into a bigger conversation yeah, about, 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 re about the reporting. Yeah, yep. reporting. But it gets into, again, to what extent are, 
Are our beliefs of grading and our purposes for grading, are they being fully realized in our reporting system? Agreed. Um, and so we have to, that level of, of reporting validity is, and I, I know I used a, a very a very nasty nasty word there, validity, I'm sorry. That's a word that turns a lot of educators off, especially those who were doing like main learning results stuff back several <laughs> oh years God, ago. That's true. Wow. Uh, local, which I think was great work, but. Um, <laughs> Let it go. Let it go, yeah. Let it go. Sorry, put that in there. <laughs> I, I, have, I have two young daughters have never heard that song. <laughs> wow. You're our lucky man. No, they, they prefer Black Sabbath. Okay, good. And uh, Disturbed. Sex Pistols? No, they're not into punk. Okay, that's too bad. My son is. Nice. Yeah. That's very nice. He's into punk. Okay, so we've talked a lot about today about, jeez, uh, um, a lot of stuff. A Apparently lot of in these 45 minutes here, we talked about scoring skills and rubrics and scoring and grading and the purpose of grading and the purpose of feedback and what we're actually going to do with reporting. And we could go on forever. Yeah. But we're not going to today. Nope. So we'll have to continue this at a later point. Right. So um, typically at this point, we move into our terms and phrases we hate. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that we have one this week, this time. I don't have one right offhand. We seriously, okay, here's transparency. Yeah, here's what happened. Okay, so we're in Texas <laughs> and we're recording our little uh, post day two. And writers we finished were like, oh, that is something I heard today that I want to rant about the next time. And the next time was supposed to be a day three wrap-up. Unfortunately, we are so tied up on getting on the airport and getting home, yeah, and then the happen. flight got delayed, and we got deplaned, and it was just like, okay, that didn't happen. And now it's like almost the holidays, <laughs> and we've forgotten, <laughs> because that's us. That's us. So we'll, we'll have, oh, I'll tell you what. We're going to do a bonus one next time and have two. Two. We'll each have one. One for each of us. Well, I won't be here, so I'm going to tell you something that I can't stand. Okay. Nice. Yeah, do it. Do it, do it, do it. I can't stand it when people say, passing the standard. Oh. That's weird. I cannot. <laughs> I know it is. It, I like it. It, it is. It, like, hairs on the back of my neck. Standard. I just, it, it, it drives me up the wall because you are completely missing the entire point <laughs> of everything. There is no passing the. Are you saying you don't have to do the standard? Yeah, you right. bypassing what does that the mean? standard. Doesn't mean you. Oh, you. So you got a Just good. Just gonna pass this. You standard. got a good enough. Pass. You got a good enough grade, which which gets into again back into magic grading. Magic threes. Is magic. Why are we doing? Why are our students saying? Is it good enough for the whole rubric checklist? Are we doing it just to get yeah. the grade, or we're we doing it to get the learning? Yeah. I hate it when people say passing. That can they pass that standard? Well, Thank it. you. For sure. Yeah, don't stop. Stop it. That's like, stop. I love that. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Hey, before we say goodbye, we have an important thank you to make, Mache. We do? Yes. Okay. Um, we had oh. a chance when we were down at Inacall to talk with um, people from the podcast Getting Smart. And we shared conversation with them about personalized learning. And uh, if you head to gettingsmart.com, there's a blog there about personalized learning and uh, proficiency-based learning. And they've got a, um, a podcast. So find them on iTunes, download, subscribe. It's great. All of their episodes are like short, quick. 
um, quick ones that you can listen to in your car ride, but we have a great thank you to give to them because we shared our podcast story with them. And they sent us a gift certificate to help us on our way with our podcast. So, so it's really our first sponsor is what you're saying. Yeah, we kind of have, well, I don't know that they would say they're a sponsor. I wouldn't they, say that either. <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna call them that just in case, just just this once. But you're right, we wanted to give a big thank, a big you. thank you. Yeah, we bought some new microphones. We so. did. Uh, they're really cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. We'll take a picture of, of Matt with his. It, well, most definitely, yes. We'll put that out there. So check them out um, and check us out. Download, subscribe, share with your peers and friends. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at PLearnMC. Matt Shea is at Eat Sleep Statistics, and I am at the Lowlands. Whatever. Eat, Eat Sleep, sleep stats. stats. It's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It's a long one. Courtney's at below and see. I keep it simple, people. Yes, that one's an easy one. So, and Matt, where can we find you oh, on you Twitter? Can, you, you can find me on Twitter at Druette Card, um, or every Monday night, usually eight thirty p.m. Um, we the uh, bunch of uh, us little uh, there's a ragtag group of Maine teachers who've got <laughs> and educators who've gotten together and created this little community called EdChat Maine or EdChat Me. And we have a conversation every week, except for this one because it's Thanksgiving holiday, um, about education stuff, all about edu learning and all that kind of good stuff. And for the <laughs> next month, we are going to be uh, talking about the theme of engagement. Yeah, is going to be the next week. We're going to be talking about how to do it with you know Google Apps for Education. We're going to be talking about uh, technology integration. We're talking about engaging our learners and. A couple of folks who you may not have heard of called uh, Courtney and Matt. Um, I went alphabetical. Um, because, uh, yeah. I also went by my personal the, the, oh, uh, preference oh, of who I think are valuable. Um, wow. <laughs> so what, are, what do we have to do with this thing? You Matt? will be guest moderating be guest a chat moderate. in a couple weeks. Yes, we will. Yeah. Um, and so, well, what's that? Yeah, December and you, the don't, 5th? you don't have December to be from Maine to join the chat. You do not. Oh, you just have to be on Twitter. You just have to be on Twitter. Eight thirty p.m. Yeah. Eastern time because we are in that the is, Eastern time that's, zone. That's true. We're and not. The, we're the, not staying up later than we have to. No, we got an hour for this, and I go to bed after that one. <laughs> so our topic is is entitled "Disengaged, Not Lazy: Using Personalized Learning to Build Intrinsic Motivation." That's a fantastic title. Uh, who came up with that? Matt? Some genius. <laughs> some so genius. Right. Some, some, some. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so, so, so follow us on EdChat Main and uh, join in the conversation. Uh, lurkers are welcome, um, but we'd also love to have your voice. And there's also an EdChat Main group on Facebook. Look for us. Find us. We'll do slow chats there where we can just, instead of having the fast chat there in the Monday... <laughs> You can just cut. Yeah, it's called a slow chat. It's a slow, um, it's like a slow jam. <laughs> oh, we're, we are slow jamming the chat. Awesome. And, uh, Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you um, for having me again for the second time. And if you want to get on the podcast, all you need to do is keep harassing them. And uh, yeah, that's that's really true. why Matt's here. Yeah, it's he just showed true. up. So. I really just walked in the door. We tried. Okay. We tried turning the lights off. <laughs> they, it didn't work true. out. <laughs> didn't work out. So, all right. We'll talk next time. Thank you.